The Talk Shop. A very good evening to you and welcome to the talk shop on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader on frequency 104 to 107. I am Masichaba Mdolo. Tonight we kick off by focusing on uh, the increase in the number of households using the bucket toilet system. This is according to Stats SA. We'll be talking to the senior researcher for the South African Human Rights Commission, Yuri Ramkisun, and coordinator of the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition, Figile Bo. And then at around 7.40, we've got our mentors feature coming your way. And tonight we're talking about fathers who want to reconnect or reestablish the connection with their children. How do they go about doing that? Um, Despite the many reasons why the connection was lost in in the first place. And how do they deal with the challenges of why the connection was lost. We'll be talking to Kevin Rutter from Fathers in Africa, and he joins us in our, in our studios tonight. We'll also, in the second hour, look at the Right to Know campaign's 2014 Secret State of the Nation report. The Right to Know campaign released this report. They say that it is a snapshot study of trends, patterns, and challenges with secrecy in South Africa. We'll be talking to Murray Hunter, the right to know national spokesperson. Of course, not forgetting that we will be crossing over to um, Mo Ali, who will be keeping us updated on the um, Bafana Bafana game uh, taking place in uh, Cape Town, where they take on Nigeria. And Mo Ali will be keeping us updated um, from about quarter past eight um, on how the game is progressing. We've got African Affirmations coming your way, brought to you by the Iskia Institute. And tonight we wrap up by focusing on the increase in intimate femicide or feminine side. Vuisega Dubula, Sonke's Director of Advocacy and Accountability, will be joining us on the line. That is the lineup for the talk shop tonight. I am Masachaba Mdolo. Let's get right into it. Looking at the number of households using the bucket toilet system, the 2013 non-financial census of municipalities revealed that predominance of use of the bucket toilet system is in the Free State, the Eastern Cape and the Northern Cape. Now, according to stats Statistician General Badi Luhutla, there were 73,413 households still using the bucket system and the number in 2013 has increased to 99,102 households still using the bucket system. To talk about this, Yuri Ramkisun, Senior Researcher for the South African Human Rights Commission, joins us on the line together with Figile Boyce, Coordinator of the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition. Good evening to you, Figuile, and thank you so much for joining us. Welcome onto the talk show. Good evening, Masishaba, and good evening to the SAFM listeners. Yuri Ramkisun, thank you so much for joining us. So, welcome onto the talk show. Hi, thank you. Uh, sincere apologies about that, Yuri. I should have uh, appropriately called you ma'am. Um, uh, very, very <laughs> warm welcome to the both of you. Um, let's first of all kick off, Yuri, by focusing on uh, the. Um, hearings into sanitation and access to water that the South African Human Rights Commission was conducting. What came out of that? Um, Sorry, can you just repeat the question? I was asking about the hearings into sanitation and access to water that the South African Human Rights Commission um, had was conducting. What came out of those hearings, those public hearings? 
Um, so we basically went to communities um, in nine provinces across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and we found broadly that um, the level of access to water and sanitation that is enjoyed at a national level, particularly in the larger metros like Johannesburg and Cape Town, is not necessarily enjoyed at a local level in the poorer districts that we visited. There were a wide range of problems, including a lack of access, but particularly a lack of maintenance of infrastructure uh, was provided. Um, So people didn't actually want enjoying the right of access to water and sanitation. Now, when we look at the uh, municipalities that have uh, dominated with regards to the increase in numbers of households using the back of toilet, toilet system, according to Stats SA, we see that it is the Eastern Cape, the Northern Cape, and the Free State. And this is of great concern, especially when one considers the many challenges that are already plaguing the Eastern Cape. Are we saying that municipalities are not doing anything in these provinces? Um, why the increase and not a decrease, especially considering that government has said that they will be specifically targeting um, the bucket toilet system and eradicating it? I think um, it, it, it's a few reasons. I think firstly that we're getting better at counting the households in informal settlements. Previously, we didn't know very well the number of households that we were counting and the recent census has given us a better idea of the number of households without access to services. But we do find that while certain areas are improving, others are um, decreasing in terms of the level of service for various reasons, poor skills and capacities at a local level, um, poor budgeting and a lack of responsiveness by councillors to meet the needs of the people and a lack of monitoring of contracts. So when you pay people to provide a certain service, often um, these people are paid, but we're not monitoring whether or not the service has in fact been provided. We also have cases in some instances where people are contracted to provide services, they pull out and the municipality then doesn't step in to provide those services. We're talking to Yuri Ramkisun, a senior researcher for the South African Human Rights Commission. And also joining us on the line is Figile Boyce, coordinator of the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition. And we're looking at the increase in the number of households using the bucket toilet system. And this is according to Stats SA. The Talk Shop. This is the talk shop on SAFM 104 to 107. I am Masichaba Mdolo. We're talking about the increase in households using the bucket toilet system. This is according to Stats SA. They say that the predominance is in the Free State, the Eastern Cape, and the Northern Cape. We're talking to Yuri Ramkisun, Senior Researcher for the South African Human Rights Commission. And also joining us on the line is Figile Boyce, Coordinator of the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition. A very warm welcome to you, Figile. And let's look at the situation in the Eastern Cape. Why the increase in the number of households using the bucket toilet system? Are there no plans to eradicate it? Uh, Shaba, I would like to point to you the fact that, um, firstly, one of the underlying determinants of health is the access to water and sanitation. And secondly, it means, therefore, that uh, a wide range of socioeconomic factors that promote conditions in which people can lead a healthy life then is not a real idea. 
Uh, if we are looking into the province of the Eastern Cape, we'll find that there is a lot which is uh, taking place there. It could be the mushrooming of uh, new informal settlements whereby there is no plan in which uh, the infrastructure is being built for the people to access uh, such healthcare services. Uh, and then again, it could be the fact that uh, there is also this um, much corruption which is taking place whereby the culprits uh, go unchallenged or with impunity. So that is uh, basically what is happening there. Therefore, making the people not to realize the health care uh, which is promised or which is espoused within the Bill of Rights or of the Constitution of South Africa. But considering the spotlight on municipalities in the Eastern Cape, Figile, I would think that they would be jacking up their act because uh, the whole nation is looking at what is taking place in the Eastern Cape. Of course, Master uh, Shaba, that can, that can happen. But at the same time, we need to look into the fact that the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition is um, is made up of many organizations that want to come up with a plan uh, in, in engagement together with the Department of Health of the Eastern Cape. But if such a, uh, an engagement doesn't take place, then that means a service delivery is not going to take place and people are going to be adversely affected and the poor the poorest of the poor are the people who feel the impact of not delivery, especially in healthcare. But is it the poorest of the poor, Yuri? Because when one looks at uh, the numbers coming through from Stats SA, there were 3.4 million indigent households in South Africa, and uh, the uh, KwaZulu Natal province topped the list of indigent households with 826,566. And yet they're not even included with regards to the number of uh, households in the province using the bucket toilet system. Of course, um, uh, they, it, 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 it's possible that. Okay, figure Go ahead. Because mostly, mostly of the mostly these people are people who are in the informal settlements or people within the rural areas where the situation analysis is not well done or the audit is not properly done. But we're talking about Stats SA, Monantati Figile Boys. They go to every corner and nook and cranny of the province to get the information on all the people. Um, you know, they periodically, it's not just uh, the census, but they periodically do these surveys in order to update and ensure that they present the correct figures to government. Yuri? Um, I don't think that the number of indigents is necessarily the only reflection mm. that it is the poorest that have services, for example, in, in KZN. You must understand that just because someone is not using a bucket a, a bucket toilet, it doesn't mean that they have um, access to sanitation that is of an acceptable level. They could be using an unventilated pit latrine, for example. But having said that, um, statistics do show that the people who often use bucket toilets, unventilated pit latrines and other unacceptable sanitation devices are the poorest of the poorest. It's the people in the poorest districts, in the poorest municipalities in the country. And our research has shown very clearly that um, poor access to services mirrors spatial apartheid planning. And the Commission Mm -hmm. has tried to bring that to the attention of planners time and time again, that we haven't moved away from the spatial planning of apartheid, where those that have previously been disadvantaged, have always been disadvantaged, remain disadvantage and many of them have lost hope of ever receiving services in this lifetime 
Super in Mayerton, I'm going to be taking your call in a short while. I'm talking to Fiele Boyce, coordinator of the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition, and Yuri Ramkisun, senior researcher for the South African Human Rights Commission. The Talk Show. This is the talk shop on SAFM 104 to 107. I am Masachaba Mdolo in conversation with Yuri Ramkisun, senior researcher for the South African Human Rights Commission, and Figile Boyce, coordinator of the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition. We're talking about the increase of households using the bucket toilet system, according to Stats SA. We're taking your calls 0891 104 207. Is the number to dial to join our conversation, or you can join it via SMS on three four seven zero one. Our SMS number is three four seven zero one, and SMSs are charged at two rand. Good evening to you, Sipo in Mayerton. Welcome out to the talk shop. Yes, good evening. Thank you so much for taking my call. Thanks for calling in. Um, the, the, the point that I wanted to make, particularly from our colleague from Women um, Commission. Yes, indeed. Uh, I think. I think definitions are very important. Um, we cannot say um, the buckets are increasing as if the household's numbers are remaining stagnant. I want to argue that the challenge that we have in buckets, by and large, as a result of increase in households in informal settlement. And as a practitioner, I can tell you how difficult it is to eradicate buckets in an informal settlement for a number of reasons. One, these informal settlements are not um, properly planned mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. So your nearest waterborne sanitation system is far from that. To, to get um, this system there, it's, it's almost impossible. But if you find informal settlements um, next to where there is um, a waterborne sewer system, you find that these informal settlements are sitting on top of each other. So if you want to install a waterborne sanitation system, you have no space, none whatsoever, to have a toilet uh, to put the sanitation, proper sanitation system to eradicate water. So in many instances where you have informal settlement, you, you, you will then um, install chemical toilets and other forms of systems which are not, again, definition is important, basic sanitation system. For VIP, for example, in mm. rural environment uh, are, are basic sanitation. So I think, it, well, although I agree that we have a sort of health sanitation, but I think we need to contextualize it so that when we find a solution, it's not a solution that is haphazard. Yes, there are all these issues that have been mentioned, but the issue of informal settlement and eradication of the bucket system is not an issue of let's deal with bucket. It's an issue of making sure that we have proper spatial training house people properly, plan the township properly to eradicate this system. So it's not only a water sanitation issue. But Sibo, just to come in on the issue of uh, the um, informal settlements, we are seeing the um, predominance of the bucket system in the Eastern Cape, as I said, the Northern Cape and the Free State. In Gauteng, yes the numbers have dropped. In the Western Cape, the numbers have dropped. And we do know that it is the big municipality, it is the big metropoles that attract the 
greatest number of, uh, you know, migrant workers who will then settle in these informal settlements. So you're more likely to find these informal settlements um, numbering largely in the Gauteng provinces in the Western Capes. And yet they are bringing down their numbers with regards to the bucket toilet system. Yeah, you, know, you see they're replacing with, they're not using bucket. They're using what you call chemical toilets, for example. Mm. That is, for example, yeah. But in, that is not, that is not basic subjects. Chemical toilets are not basic subjects. What are they? Um, but you, they? They are chemical toilets. They are not recognized as basic sanitation. In other words, I don't want you to say it is acceptable in the metropole okay. that we have basic sanitation and we don't have bucket then fine. No. What you count in is bucket in those rural areas, but you're not counting chemical toilets in metropoles. And that creates the impression that the problem is solved. The problem is still not solved. Uh-huh. So the we focus hear you. should be access to basic sanitation. Not access, not the eradication of bucket. Okay, Sibo, the Human Rights Commission the Human Rights Commission actually looked at access to sanitation and access to water as well. Let's get a response from them. Thank you so much, Sipo in Mayerton. Like Sipo, you're very welcome to join our conversation on 0891-104-207 or SMS us on 34701 SMS number is 34701 and SMSs are charged at 2 Rand. Yuri, um, Sipo says we need to look at basic sanitation, and that is that was the focus actually of the Human Rights Commission. Am I correct? Yes, that was the focus. It wasn't just basic sanitation, actually. It was sanitation um, looking at service provision from a human rights rights based mm-hmm. approach to ensure that even if the most basic sanitation um, is provided, it's done within the realms of human rights, including dignity. Um, which, was on, which is one of the most as- important aspects to consider. But when you're speaking, it, I mean, listening to Sipo's points, there's a, there's a few different, um, you know, responses to that. Mm-hmm. And yours was very pertinent in the sense that much of the migration happens into the larger metros, like Johannesburg and Cape Town, and that most of the informal settlements are in, trans- are in transition there. But the buckets are an increase in the provinces that you pointed out. Also, there should be a balancing act between the number of migration into informal settlements and those that are being provided with households and uh, the informal settlement upgrading that's happening. And I think this study looked particularly at buckets, um, and that was because um, there were plans in place originally by the Department of Human Settlements to have buckets eradicated mm-hmm. by 2014, mm-hmm. and this was not done. And the goalpost does often get shifted. And if we need to start eradicating bucket systems, this is clearly not the way to be going. Sipo makes the point that we can't say that... Fihile, I'd like to bring you in at this point. Sipo makes the point that we can't say that uh, there has been an eradication of the bucket system or even a decrease of use of the bucket toilet system in provinces like Kauteng and the Western Cape because they have simply shifted the goalposts and are using um, chemical toilets. Let's get a response from Fihile. I'm going to come back to you, Yuri. Okay, I'm glad to agree with Sipo uh, with these new innovation, uh, innovative methods. But I'm looking now, I have a picture of one area that I know in East London, DCM Metro, uh, 
Pavlo City Municipality Metro, an area known as NU3 at Tanzani, known as uh, Mount Ruth. There in that area, you'll find that there is none, no pit latrines, no bucket system, but people are just living there. And then it makes people vulnerable to diseases, which are, uh, are born by excrement. And at the same time, children can also be uh, can also be infected by uh, by TB because in such cases uh, there's nothing which is being done. But just over the street, you will find that there are houses being built where people have not yet taken uh, possession or, or ownership of such houses. Therefore. For us in the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Coalition, we are saying, even though we are 20 years into the democracy, participatory democracy has not yet taken place. Because if there was a participation between uh, the authorities that be and the people on the ground, then it would have been better. We would have had a plan as to see when people are going to take possession and what measures are there in order for people not to be vulnerable to these uh, diseases. We continue taking your calls on 0891-104-207 or SMS us on 34701 and SMSs are charged at 2 Rand. The Talk Shop. This is The Talk Shop on SAFM 104-107. I am Masichaba Mdolo in conversation with Yuri Ramkisun, Senior Researcher for the South African Human Rights Commission and Figile Boyce, Coordinator of the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition. We're talking about the increase in the number of households using the bucket toilet system. This is according to Stats SA. Yuri, you wanted to come in on the issue of uh, chemical toilets and the use of uh, innovative um, technology in eradicating the bucket system? Um, yes. The point about all forms of toilets that are not RDP effective, uh, acceptable is that they do need to be upgraded um, immediately. But that um, bucket systems was um, it, that the government had promised to eradicate buckets, mm. the buckets by a certain date. Um, and that was the point. Uh, but obviously in terms of progressive realization of rights, other forms that are not RDP acceptable should be eradicated without haste as well. And that even those forms that are RDP acceptable but not maybe human rights acceptable should uh, be improved continuously. And that, that is what progressive realization means, to continuously improve on services. So what exactly are we saying? Are we saying that uh, stats like the fact that uh, KwaZulu-Natal is said to have, uh, you know, um, claimed that they have no bucket systems in use in 2012 and in 2013, that, uh, and not KwaZulu-Natal, sincere apologies about that, Limbobo have said that they have no bucket, uh, the, the bucket system in use. Are we saying that it, it's not just about the bucket system. Yes, they may not be using the bucket toilet system, but there are still people in Limpopo that don't have the basic access to sanitation. Um, I think that we could actually say that there are people who don't have access to sanitation that is um, controlled by a municipality, for example. So some areas may have access to a system that is not necessarily acceptable, but that it is being um, controlled by the municipality. For example, uh, VIPs or chemical toilets are being treated or being emptied by um, a, a company. But the bucket systems is basically 
a household using a bucket of their mm. own accord. And, and that's the basic difference. But that's not to say that they aren't households in KwaZulu-Natal and Limpopo that don't have um, unacceptable forms of sanitation. And I think information presented in status reports has shown that, for example, the 2011 census. Figele, you were saying that uh, the uh, Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition has various organizations under its umbrella and you are in talks with uh, the Eastern Cape Health Department to try and uh, eradicate the bucket system. What are some of the suggestions that you're putting on the, on the table? What are some of the recommendations that you're putting on the table? Oh, ours is to use the human rights based approach in everything that we, in our engagements. Uh, for example, we are looking into the section 24 of the constitution, which has the, uh, which is about the right to a health environment. Mm, mm. If we cannot guarantee such rights, then that means we are negating the, the same, uh, provisions of the constitution. And another one which is very much important to us is section 27. The right to access to health care services, food, water, and social. Okay, no problem. But what is very much more important is the fact of uh, right uh, of access to health care services, water especially. Because uh, without um, potable water, and then we are exacerbating the disease burden that we are facing with. But In what, our how? Yes. based approach, then we, we, we need to have a participation where everyone, every stakeholder is going to participate uh, equally. And we need also to see that accountability taking place because those who have entitlements and those who are duty bearers have also to actively identify both these uh, entitlements. And also everything has to be applied uh, non-discriminatory. That's what we believe in. But without uh, us being given the audience by the authorities that be, especially the Department of Health, then our plans cannot be effectively implemented because we would like to engage with them so that they understand that. Uh, in terms of participatory dem- democracy, we need all the stakeholders to be on board so that what? we may reach amicable solutions. Please give us some of your um, plans. As you say, that you know, until you get everybody around the table, your plans cannot be realized. What are some of these plans? Okay, one thing which is very much important for us is the fact that uh, if we are looking into especially this, this issue of uh, we need to understand exactly what the budget is so that we may be able to progressively realize all these rights because without any budget and then we are not going to know exactly what has been put aside for a, such a service. And then without uh, such accountability or such a uh, transparency, we are not going anywhere. The, the plan that we have is to make sure that uh, in whatever service that we are implementing or whatever program that we, that we are implementing is also, uh, is also safe and, uh, and environmentally friendly for everyone who is uh, on board. I've got an SMS coming in from Jay and I'd like to pose it to both of you. Jay says, why aren't you talking about the septic tanks, which are cheap, they're easy to build and maintain, and the overflow can be used to fertilize plants? Yuri? Um, well, I'm not an engineer to mm-hmm. comment on that. But from my experience, of septic tanks aren't always appropriate. For example, provision of sanitations in schools, they have tried septic tanks, and we, we find that they do tend to overflow very quickly. 
And the same goes for larger communities. So in my experience, septic tanks aren't always um, the appropriate answer. There are other appropriate technologies that are being investigated. And um, I think it depends on a municipality to make the best decision in terms of the climate and the size of the population and other factors like that. But, I mean, when we're looking at households, the number of households that are using the backup toilet system, I can understand that the septic tanks cannot take the large volumes in uh, public uh, places or institutions. But can they not be an option for households? It could be an option, but again, it just depends on the location of the household, the availability of water um, to that household. There are other options such as... um, sanitation that's not waterborne that might be an option that might be more appropriate for certain areas and that um so i I can't make a judgment that a septic tank would be appropriate for a particular area without knowing the conditions of Mm -hmm. a particular area and uh, Fiyile, is this an, an option that you've spoken about as uh the eastern cape health crisis action coalition okay before i come into that uh if we're looking into the prescripts of the national government they say all the municipalities should uh, uh, should apply their water and sanitation poli- uh, policies equitably. Again, there is also a dichotomy in that they must also be economically efficient, cost-effective, and ecologically and financially mm. sustainable. Mm. I think the last point, it is where the dichotomy uh, comes in by saying they must be economically sustainable. But looking into all other methods that are there, uh, uh, I think we need to take a model which works best from these uh, other provinces that have been uh, successful in implementing uh, sanitation processes which are uh, uh, guaranteeing our safety and our environment. I'm looking at uh, some of the SMSs that are coming in and uh, I've got one that says uh, we should not be naive it will not be soon that the whole country uses the sewer based toilets for me the chemical toilets replacing the bucket system is better and doable that to- that uh, is an SMS coming in from Tabo in Pretoria another SMS says uh, starts essays numbers in terms of buckets uh, per 100 members of the population um, in terms in terms of numbers alone and population growth, it equals unpredictable and out of control, the cause of most of the service uh, delivery shortcomings. That's an SMS coming in from Double M. I also had another SMS that spoke about uh, one's uh, um, experience in the rural areas. It's coming in from Victor Fortio in Alice. And Victor says, in the rural areas, we're still using the pit toilets. I would like to urge the government to attend to this problem. It is unfair. In 20 years, people are still using unhealthy toilets dogged with uh, or clogged with writhing maggots. Those are some of the SMSs coming in. In terms of the recommendations from uh, the public hearings that you held as a South African Human Rights Commission, Yuri, what are some of the more implementable ones immediately because as the SMS that came in earlier said from Tabo, we're not going to eradicate this problem overnight but there are suggestions I'm sure and recommendations that talk about what we can do right here, right now in alleviating the plight of people who find themselves still using the uh, pit toilets and the backup system and also safeguarding their dignity. I think one of the main recommendations to come out of the public hearings was that they needs to be an urgent um, 
sort of shake-up of local government because the majority of the problems that we were seeing were failure at a local level of municipalities to provide the services that they contracted to do so. And this is not to say that local government is entirely to blame. What we were seeing is that often local um, government did not have the capacity, did not have the skills, and what didn't have the ability to budget and allocate funds efficiently. Mm, mm. And in those, those cases, provincial departments and national governments should step in. But we found almost a passing of the buck where national government says it is only in charge of bulk water infrastructure or regulation at a national level and it's not it's not the job of national government to provide services which i agree with at a basic level but when there's a failure of a service provision at a local level which leads to a systemic violation in human rights surely government as a whole needs to step in and take some responsibility mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're also saying, seeing a failure of departments. So it's not just between spheres of government, but different departments. So failure, for example, the Department of Human Settlements to speak with the Department of Water Affairs, to speak with the Department of Environmental Affairs, for example, you know, in coordinating the efforts to provide services. So the, rec- the, the request coming through from Figile for transparency is going to be very difficult to meet if municipalities themselves are struggling with regards to, um, you know, balancing their budgets properly. Yuri? Um, yes, I, I, I think so. And I think what we are seeing at a local level, uh, level is often there is budget allocated, particularly to these uh, services, so sanitation and water. We get them in municipal infrastructure grant and equitable share and so on and so forth. But often, in many cases, those budgets are not allocated to water and sanitation. They're being allocated to other spending and other line items, and this is not being monitored by Treasury. Um, so that, that leads to a problem as well. Is this part of the corruption and maladministration that Figula was talking about? Because I, I'm, I'm, I really struggle to understand why, if the budget, a certain amount is allocated to um, something, then that money is not spent on that particular thing. Why would it go to other things as though this particular thing is not as important? Um, it's not that it's... Uh, so, for example, a municipal uh, municipal infrastructure grant is for, um, you know, could be for water and sanitation, but it ends up being spent on another line item, but it has been allocated to, to the municipality and it's not monitored by Treasury, the exact <coughs> line item that, you know, that money is. So that's but, something we need to work with Treasury to, to rectify and local government. But there are other cases where... Um, companies are subcontracted to provide sanitation, for example, or water services or piping, and they're paid to do this, and they don't. They either do a shoddy job of the, the, the provision, or they don't um, conduct the job at all, but they are paid for it, which, you know, counts in our books as um, maladministration or corruption. Namedi Kobani sends in an SMS and uh, Namedi says the bucket system is very rife in the free state and some households are still using the pit latrine toilets which are unhealthy, very, very unhealthy. That's coming in from Namedi Kobani. Way forward, Figile, in terms of uh, dealing with these issues, eradicating not only the bucket toilet system but pit latrine system as well? Okay. We, we are thinking that uh, uh, the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition, we believe that uh, coming together, uh, both uh, on the side of the service users and the service providers, especially in the form of the authorities, I think we, 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 we can 
moving together, we can make much better and we we'll decide much better. But so is there willingness? The issue now. Figile. 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 Of the Figile. Hello. Is there a willingness to move forward with the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition? As you're saying, you cannot get all the stakeholders around the table. You've been wanting meetings or asking for meetings and they're not being met. We're talking 20 years into our democracy and we're still dealing with this problem. Um, so isn't it a bit, shouldn't we be looking at another strategy here? We're looking at uh, one strategy that is going to be listened to. I think it is to litigate uh, the communities. That is, the, that is the best that we can do. And the, the Human Rights Commission is with us. We can even ask them to become our, cho- our, our lawyers of choice. Okay. You really... Because really, people... Uh, uh, people's uh, freedoms are being violated. Mm, absolutely, and that is of the greatest concern. We're talking about 20 years of democracy, and yet there are many, many people out there still using these unacceptable sanitation systems, saying, what, are, what should we be celebrating? Yuri, way forward? One understands that municipalities, um, but municipalities are dealing with such challenges. Um, the, the issue of uh, qualified personnel is one of them, and it's not going to be dealt with overnight. What do we do in the meantime? And I think it goes back to what Tabo was saying, that should we not be looking at the alternatives? They may not be the best solution, but at least they're a better solution and they're a step forward in the recognition of these inhuman, uh, you know, sanitation systems that people are using? You know, that's such a loaded question because by looking at alternatives that may seem um, acceptable to some people, they may not be acceptable to others. Mm. So I think it really depends on the environment. And if we are to continually improve, that's fine. If we are to improve... Um, marginally, but as long as it's not the end point, you know, as long as you don't provide a ventilated pit latrine and say we have um, we've, mm. we've reached our goal because we haven't, we clearly haven't. Mm. But I think moving forward, we need greater collaboration between government departments and between different spheres of government. That is essential, so that when local government cannot provide um, services, that government as a whole steps in and works with other organizations to ensure that those services are provided and then to ensure public participation. If the public understands that X amount of money is going to be spent on certain line items, they can assist with monitoring um, and know when the money is not being properly spent. Thank you very much to the both of you for your time. We really appreciate it. And we will come back to the issue of basic services again in the near future. Thank you so much, Senior Researcher for the South African Human Rights Commission, Yuri Ramkisun. And also joining us, Figile Boyce, Coordinator of the Eastern Cape Health Crisis Action Coalition. Thank you very much to the both of you for your time. Overall, the um, 2013 non-financial census of municipalities conducted by SA found that overall basic services provision by municipalities was gradually improving and that the number of households receiving basic water supply rose by 3.3% while the number getting electricity improved by 2.3%. Those are the numbers coming through from Stats SA. The Talk Shop.